0: The Fengaris alcon, or blue butterfly, does something unusual when it's a caterpillar. It falls to the ground and allows itself to be picked up by a red ant. The ant takes the caterpillar back to its colony, intending to eat it. But inside the ant colony, something remarkable happens. The caterpillar lets out a scent that makes the ants believe that the caterpillar itself is an ant. The ants start caring for the caterpillar as if it's one of them. To take it to the next level, the caterpillar starts making the same sounds the queen ant makes. This fools the ants into thinking that the caterpillar is a queen ant. The ants give the caterpillar royal treatment and even clean its body of parasites. The caterpillar enjoys this life for a few months until it metamorphosizes into a butterfly. Once this happens, The butterfly quickly leaves the ant colony before the ants realize their deception. Since I'm in advertising, whenever I watch something like this, I try to relate it back to advertising. You know, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Advertising is the hammer I have, so everything looks related to that. The analogy that occurred to me was, if a brand lets out the right signals and makes the right noises, people will care for that brand and nurture it themselves. You can just enjoy watching your brand metamorphosize into something beautiful. Before I go too deep into this analogy, I need to point out a big difference. People are far more intelligent than ants. This means you cannot fool them into building your brand. You need to inspire them. With that in mind, here's how I believe a brand can make people build it. The absolutely critical factor here is that the brand needs to tap into a passion point. A real, genuine passion point and not something dreamed up out of thin air. For a brand like Apple, that passion point is creativity. They build products that empower people to unleash their creativity. When they launched the shot on iPhone billboards a few years ago, every one of the beautiful images they featured had been filmed by their customers. All they had to do was to tap into the energy of the creative community and they had a bunch of incredible images that convinced more people about the creative power of Apple products. This in turn led to more creative output in a virtuous cycle. More recently, just last month, we know what happened at the Euros when Cristiano Ronaldo picked up a bottle of water instead of Coke. For most brands, this would have been a big problem. But for a beloved brand like Coke, its fans jumped in. They flooded social media with countless memes. Many of them were cleverly edited videos that made it look like random YouTubers simply received the Coke bottle from Ronaldo and drank it themselves. Another showed a man sitting under the table to take that bottle of Coke. Yet another broke the fourth wall and placed two real Coke bottles behind his TV and picked up those real Coke bottles to make it look like he had plucked those bottles out of the TV screen. Before long, the Coke brand benefited from what was supposed to be a snub. It's like what Sun Tzu wrote in his Art of War about turning your weakness into a strength and your competitor's strength into a weakness. Of course, not every brand is Apple or Coke. It's the dream of any brand to become like Apple or Coke. If I had a dollar for each time a brand told me they wanted to be like Apple, I could have bought a new Mac with it. But that doesn't mean that your brand is unqualified to tap into the power of the people. In your own unique way, you can identify passion points relevant to your brand. Passion points your brand has the right to play in. If you're an automotive brand, you could tap into the world of car experts who tinker with the design and mechanics of cars. If you're a furniture brand, get hobby DIY specialists on your side. You get the idea. A brand that has used this approach to completely revitalize itself is Lego. About 15 years ago, Lego was a brand with a good past but had lost its way a little. Then they realized that there was an entire community they had neglected and they were the adult fans of Lego or A-Falls. There are plenty of people who played with Lego as kids and retained this interest well into their grown-up years but they were keeping it secret because they thought it was a kiddie pursuit and a reason for embarrassment. Lego reached out to them and organized events for them, built Facebook groups for them, and let them unleash their full creativity. The adult fans of Lego had two qualities. Firstly, a childlike understanding of how to use Lego blocks to build stuff. And secondly, the well-developed planning and organizational skills of an adult. With these two qualities, the adult fans of Lego built amazing stuff like cities, animals, houses, ships, planes, famous landmarks, architectural monuments, and so on. This didn't just inspire their fellow adult fans of Lego, but also Lego's primary audience, which is parents of young kids. They were all reminded of the creative power of Lego and the part it can play in the development of their kids. Like Apple, Lego is a brand that has an inherent right to play in the creativity space. All they had to do was identify this and tap into it. In fact, the only surprise was why it took them so long to tap into it. But sometimes it's just serendipitous. When Dove did their famous Dove Sketches social experiment in 2013, they knew it would be big. But I'm sure they didn't expect a parody video that said, your balls are more beautiful than you think. In that video, men were asked to describe their testicles and then describe the testicles of other men. They all underestimated the beauty of their own testicles and were amazed to see how other men recognized that beauty. This just added to the virality of the original Dove Sketches campaign in a way that was completely not intended by the brand. But there's a danger in giving your consumer too much control. They sometimes take your brand in very negative directions and it's hard to recover from that. A great example of this happened in 2017 when the Netflix show Rick and Morty Partnered with McDonald's. There was an episode of Rick and Morty where the two main characters, Rick and Morty, travel back in time to 1998 when the original Mulan movie was released and Sichuan sauce was a limited time attraction at McDonald's. Rick starts craving for Sichuan sauce in the middle of the episode. When this happened, McDonald's spotted an opportunity. They brought back the limited edition Sichuan sauce and announced it to the whole world. The problem was, they didn't have enough Sichuan sauce to fulfill the demand from eager fans. Soon there was a meltdown at McDonald's restaurants when toxic fans of the show threw tantrums when they were not able to get the sauce. One particularly hilarious video shows a fan climbing onto the McDonald's counter and standing there shouting down at the McDonald's staff. Before long, everyone from McDonald's to the makers of Rick and Morty just wanted to forget this fiasco. The McDonald's brand was too big and too powerful to take a beating as a result of this, but the Rick and Morty show suffered a dent to its image. It received a new image as a show that brings out the worst in its fans by making its fans identify with a self-centered and entitled protagonist in Rick. In fact, this fiasco was why I skipped the most recent season of Rick and Morty when it came out on Netflix last year. The scary thing is, there isn't really much that Rick and Morty or McDonald's could have done to prevent this, except maybe arm themselves with lots and lots of Sichuan sauce packets to begin with. But what if they had done that and no one was interested in the sauce? Hindsight is always 20-20. But this is exactly the kind of unavoidable risk you run into when you give power to the people. A brand acknowledges this risk in order to seek the benefits of such a democratic approach. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. There's one more commitment a brand has to make when they give power to the people. The commitment to go all the way with no half-measures. You cannot say you're giving power to the people only to retake that power at the earliest sign of friction. The British Navy in 2016 told the citizens of the country that the citizens will decide the name of their next ship. People will have the power to suggest names and to vote for their favourite names. One particularly naughty citizen suggested the name Boaty McBoatface. Other citizens showed their own naughtiness by voting for this name. Before long, the vast majority of votes were for Boaty McBoatface with no other name anywhere in the running. The British Navy had two choices: either actually give the ship the name of Boaty McBoatface or dial back on their promise that the people will decide the name of the ship. If they had taken the first option, it would have revitalized the image of the British bureaucracy by showing that they were willing to embrace the British sense of humor. But unfortunately, they took the second option and named the boat after Sir David Attenborough. No offense to the legendary man with the legendary voice, but this was the very definition of a broken promise. They told the public, you name our ship, and when they didn't like the name, they said, sorry, we'll just name it ourselves. But there was a silver lining, A horse in Australia was named Horsey McHorseface. A firefighter truck in the UK was named Fiery McFireface. Clearly, the people's will could not be suppressed for long. People-driven movements are bigger than marketing or brand building. The Me Too movement, the Ice Bucket Challenge, Black Lives Matter, political uprisings all over the world. There's a great book I read recently on the subject called New Power by Henry Timms and Jeremy Hayman's. I would absolutely recommend this book. In a nutshell, it talks about how power is no longer hoarded by a few that, like the dragon smog in The Hobbit, hoarded all those coins. But it is held by many and allowed to flow horizontally and eventually trickle upwards to influence real change. Those things are a macro superset of everything we are trying to do in marketing. So how can a brand ensure that it falls on the correct side of giving power to the people. How can it be more Lego and less Rick and Morty? To begin with, the brand needs to test the waters to see if they really have the right to give more power to the people and to see who are the people they should empower. Is it all people or is it a specific group of super influencers like what Lego did with its adult fans? Then you need to ask yourself whether your brand can go all the way. Can you really honor the people when they come up with a boaty, mech, boat-faced kind of deviation from your plan? If your brand can embrace the unexpected and become a better brand as a result, then go for it. If a moty, mech, boat-faced situation would hurt your brand, maybe this is not the right time, place, or situation for you to go democratic. And there is no embarrassment in that. Not all brands benefit from democratizing what makes them special. Take a craft beer brand for instance. It derives its positive associations from the fact that a select group of experts are creating it. Democratizing this by inviting hobby enthusiasts to brew their own beer under your brand name would just be asking for trouble. In such a situation, there is no shame in admitting that giving power to the people is probably not the right thing for your brand. I know it sounds so much like I'm sitting on the fence here, but it's really case by case. Is your brand really ready to surrender itself to the people? And is it ready to do so at this point in time? If so, in what way and with what caveats can you put your brand in the hands of the people? Once again, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to share with me your own attempts at letting other people build your brand and how successful those attempts were. And see you at the next podcast.